Good evening. This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on health and healing, and backed by popular demand, Dr. Jacob T. Teitelbaum. Yes, medical expert from the Dr. Oz Show. He's been featured on Oprah, Fox News Channel, Good Morning America, CNN, and today he's telling us about natural cures from his pain-free one, two, three. Enjoy. Jacob, what causes this pain in fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue patients? What happens, if, if you look, one in four adult Americans suffers with chronic pain. Uh-huh. And it's not because pain is so hard to treat. It's just that doctors are really simply not taught about pain management. Um, one of the key things I'm, but to ask is a really good question. Why do we have pain? You know, what's that about? And pain is not the enemy. Pain is like the flashing red oil light on your body's dashboard wow. saying that something desperately needs attention. Mm-hmm. And what most doctors do is you say, oh, I've got pain. They say, let me put a Band-Aid over that flashing oil light. And you go, oh, that's better. <laughs> and then you wonder why your motor burns out you know, a couple minutes down the road. And the same thing here. We're going to teach people today what pain is trying to tell you. Uh, it's as if you have this flashing red light, but nothing to tell you what it's trying to tell you. Well, today we're going to tell you what pain is telling you to do. And when you treat, it's kind of like putting oil in a car, the oil light goes out. Mm-hmm. When you treat with what you call shine, sleep hormones, infection, inflammation, impingement, nutrition, and exercise, the pain goes away. But we're going to go through different kinds of pain today. And uh, whether you have arthritis, whether you have migraines, back and muscle pain, uh, even osteoporosis, we're going to teach you how to make those go away. Yeah, there's so much uh, to, to, to cover here, and I know that uh, you'll be able to explain these things a little bit better. Under the pain category, you have arthritis and uh, various components of uh, the arthritis, uh, I guess, condition. What is that and what causes that? Well, basically, when you have anything that ends in itis, that means inflammation. Um, so you're having inflammation of the joints. That's all arthritis means, is just you take the lap and put it into English, it's joint inflammation. Uh, one out of six Americans suffer from it, about 26 million of those are women. Um, and the thing is, it can come from many things. It can come from nutritional deficiencies. It can come especially uh, from a diet that's too high in inflammation-triggering fats and too low in healthy oils like omega-3s that settle down inflammation. It can come from overweight, you know, if you're carrying 300 pounds, you're more likely to have hip uh, and knee arthritis, Mm -hmm. um, and lack of exercise triggers it as well. When you mention the oils, I want you to talk about that, because many people, uh, you know, they've they've heard maybe about omega-3, 6s, and 9s, but can you explain how that plays a role in pain? Well, see, the thing is that our bodies are much more prone to inflammation now than they were 500 years ago. Um, as a nutritionist, you start looking at what are the things that have changed. You know, why are, I, first of all, what diseases are more common? And if you take a look at uh, diets in third world countries before they go Western, um, you're going to see a lot less cancers, a lot less inflammation, less, less even appendicitis, all kinds of inflammatory things. And what's happened is we've changed our oils from predominantly omega-3s and unsaturated fats. Uh, if we used to have beef, 500 years ago, it was grass-fed, not grain-fed. Uh, grass-fed beef is much higher in omega-3 uh, oils. So 
omega-3s are involved in a special hormone called prostaglandins. And if you think about the medications we use for arthritis, these medications block prostaglandins. And the reason those help is we have an excess of uh, what's called prostaglandin E1. These are uh, inflammatory hormones made from animal fats. Uh, if you have a lot of grain-fed red meat, you're going to make a lot of prostaglandin E1, where the fish oils tend to be anti-inflammatory. Um, they make what's called prostaglandin E3. So the trick is to start by making your body less prone to inflammation. Um, a simple test, Sabrina, that people can do to tell whether their inflammation is on overdrive is you know how when you get a paper cut sometimes and it hurts for a minute or so? But then usually you forget about it and it goes away and you don't think twice about it an hour later. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're going to find that, well, God, an hour later it's still red and inflamed. And that's a rough, t- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's a rough but simple marker that your inflammation system is on overdrive. Can you explain the difference between osteoarthritis and rheumatoid? Mm-hmm. Uh, osteoarthritis is best described as wear and tear arthritis. Mm-hmm. So it's the inflammation that comes from daily wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Um, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. where, And we suspect it's coming from your body seeing an infection that looks kind of like the joint material to it. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that the, there's an infection thing, your body fights the infection, now the joints, the cartilage looks kind of like that infection, and now your body starts attacking the cartilage. So it's an autoimmune disease. In rheumatoid arthritis, you're going to have red, hot, swollen joints, mm-hmm. where in osteoarthritis, um, they're not going to be red and inflamed. They're just going to, they may be a little bit changed and thickened, but they're not going to have the redness and inflammation about them. Mm-hmm. And the treatment's very different. It's different? How is it different? Absolutely. Um, there are some things that are helpful for both rheumatoid arthritis and wear and tear arthritis. Mm-hmm. And I have kind of a four-step uh, kind of health spa for your joint approach that I like to use. Okay. And that includes, one, you want to do t- uh, joint repair. So I'm going to go with things like glucosamine, uh, 750 milligrams twice a day of the sulfate. Um, I'm going to give uh, nutritional support um, including things like MSM and uh, energy revitalization system, vitamin powder, things like that. So one, I'm going to give it the body what it needs for repair nutritionally. Mm-hmm. The next thing I'm going to do is to use anti-inflammatories. And an outstanding mix of anti-inflammatories mm-hmm. would be uh, a special form of cur- cur- curcumin. This is mm-hmm. where it uh, comes from turmeric, uh, the spice and curry, that yellow spice when you go to mm-hmm. an Indian restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's going to have boswellia, it's going to have natokinase, and it's going to have what's called DL-phenylalanine. And when you put these four together, and you can find these in combination in a product called Curamin. Uh, You can find that at any health food store, uh, vitality101.com, easy to find. But you take one of those tablets of this mix um, two to three times a day, you're going to find within six weeks, and usually within days to a week, pains of most kinds are going to be dramatically better. Uh, I've done pain management for I have 30-some years now. And, you know, when I was on the show even earlier, before the cure was made, I'm, I'm not slow to say, here are the things I give a thumbs up to and here are the things that get a thumbs down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curamin's been a miracle for pain relief for people. It's just been amazing. 
Muscle and back pain. Um, there are a lot of people who have that, not just athletes, but just everyday people. What causes the back pain? Well, there's a lot of different things. In a lot of people, it's simply wear and tear arthritis in the spine, just like we see in the fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, in most people, though, the back pain is simply a muscle pain. And just like we get muscle aches and pains elsewhere, uh, the low back are carrying a lot of weight and it has to be really perfectly well balanced. And if it's not, the muscles can get thrown out of whack. So, um, unfortunately, most doctors, oh, I don't know that they've ever really laid a hand on, on the patient's back routinely in a way to look for muscle pain. Uh, they'll do leg raising, they'll look for disc disease, and if they do an X-ray or MRI, which in virtually every adult over 50 who's upright, we're an upright species, you're going to see normal wear and tear on back X-rays. Uh, what they don't know is that studies repeatedly have shown that changes on back X-rays and MRIs, the ones that the doctor says, hey, well, you need surgery, have nothing to do with the pain generally. And in mm-hmm. fact, when they blind those studies, when they have the radiologists look at a bunch of studies and they don't know who has back pain and who doesn't, mm-hmm. they can't tell one set from the other. But if you just say, hey, this person has back pain, they're going to go, oh, yeah, look at this horrible wear and tear. I thought it's amazing this person can walk. They'll mm-hmm. say that if you give them somebody with no back pain who's healthy. Mm-hmm. And then doctors, what do they do? They'll send you off. And, and I'm an MD too. God bless them. You know, I, I'm just... You know, we have a lot of good things in our field, but we have a lot of weaknesses, and pain management is one of them. Mm-hmm. Now we trundle people off to the surgeon. It's, it's crazy. Most of the time, it's, ba- it's muscle pain, mm-hmm. and you can treat that. Um, and there's simple conservative things like heat and chiropractor and massage can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but treating with sleep, hormonal support, nutritional support, knockdown infections, uh, these things will generally make muscle pain go away. You mentioned something when we first started this interview about the Western diet and, uh, you know, many countries who um, don't uh, do the Western diet, uh, they uh, become Americanized, Westernized. Um, mm-hmm. There are all kind of issues going on. Can you talk about the diet and how it affects people with uh, not just fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, but all of us? Because I think we're in a lifestyle, a perpetual cycle, where these uh, uh, foods that are just so inconvenient for us are uh, really wearing and tearing on our joints, our muscles, and everything else, mindset, everything. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, you know the old saying, you are what you eat? Mm-hmm. Well, compared to 500 years ago, we are now getting one-third uh, of our calories from sugar and white flour that didn't used to be there, mm-hmm. which is junk. Mm-hmm. And we're getting a whole bunch more calories from fats that are largely devoid of nutritional uh, benefit except for calories. Mm-hmm. So about half of our diet uh, represents empty calories, where so we get calories without getting the nourishment. Mm-hmm. So we have, for the first time in human history, we have high-calorie malnutrition. And in third-world diets, again, presuming they're not starving to death kind of a thing, but if they're well-fed but in a pre-processed age, um, you're going to see a lot of the diseases of Western illness don't exist. Heart attacks, very rare. Diabetes, very rare. You bring in sugar, you bring in, uh, you know, average Americans getting 150 pounds of sugar dumped into their diet each year, mm-hmm. diabetes skyrockets, heart disease skyrockets, all these other kind of things. But I'll metabolic give you one simple syndrome example. and insulin reduction. Metabolic syndrome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. But let me give you, one of the nice ways to do studies in nutrition is you take a look at, let's say for example, Japanese. You look at Japanese and you look at what, uh, how their diet is when they're in Japan and you look at the illnesses. 
And you say, well, maybe it's from the diet, but maybe it's just genetic. So then you take people who have left Japan and moved to the United States and now eating a Western diet, and you see what illnesses they have. And breast cancer is a classic one. Uh, what we're seeing in Japan, where they get much, much higher levels of iodine than we do in the diet because of fish and the seaweed, um, their rates of breast cancer are about one-third. They have about 30% the rate of breast cancer that American women do. And once Japanese women move to the U.S. and adopt the Western diet, breast cancer rates go way up. So we're suspecting that iodine deficiency um, and the problems with iodine deficiency, low thyroid, fatigue, weight gain, cold intolerance, breast cysts, breast tenderness, uh, this is a recurring epidemic now in the United States. Um, so for people who have the, uh, if you have fibrocystic breast disease or breast tenderness, get an and get an iodine, and you can get triiodine. It's 12 and a half milligrams a day, not more than that. Do one a day for about three months, and most of you are going to find that the breast system tenderness go away. But not only that, your energy goes up. You find it easier to lose weight. Uh, your thyroid function basically improves. Um, so this is just one example out of many, many, many nutrients. Wow, and you're talking about the itises. Um arthritis, and maybe before she mentioned rheumatoid and, and uh, osteo and other things people are getting. And um, mm-hmm. I wanted you to go into the inflammation section. We have a lot of oh, asthma. <laughs> We've got a lot of people <laughs> I know, and uh, I know they've got asthma. And um, I'm, I'm just going to throw some out there. Can't that be diet-related or not? Oh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of people with asthma, in, in addition to inhalation allergies like pollens and stuff like that, They'll have food allergies as well. And asthma is a mix of uh, spasticity of the airways. The airways are like these muscular kind of tubes. And if the muscle is going to spasm, the air has trouble getting, uh, getting out um, even more than getting in. But it's also then inflammation. It's a mix of those two. And um, by the diet will make a big effect with that. Uh, and again, increasing fish oil not only will affect the risk of asthma, um, in the person, but if memory serves, I think it also, if somebody is pregnant and they're fish oil deficient, their kids are more likely to have asthma. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things that getting adequate fish oil in your diet, you want four servings at least of oily fish like salmon, tuna, herring, sardines, mackerel, things like that, four servings a week. Um, if you can't get that or if you have active um, uh, asthma, um, I'm going to give you a a couple things to do that people are going to find will be wonderful for their asthma. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, there's an herb called Boswellia. Now, this is also called frankincense, same, same herb. If you take the Boswellia, about 1,000 milligrams a day, people are going to find that their asthma clears up and improves markedly. Uh, same thing with colitis. People, not spastic colon, but ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, inflammatory colitis. Um, the effects I've seen from the Boswellia have been remarkable. Um, if you add curcumin to that, uh, which is, again, turmeric, you get a very nice effect. Uh, what I would recommend is a product called Boscure by Europharma. Again, most health food stores have it. Vitality101.com has it. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that really within a week, um, these that simple herb will be as effective as many of the medications that are out there for these, for these illnesses. So for the asthma, start with the Boscure. Um, get nutritional support, B vitamins, vitamin C, and magnesium 
uh, clinically seem to be very helpful. Um, all of those, we talk about a vitamin powder called the Energy Revitalization System Vitamin Powder that you get one drink and has all the stuff in it. It replaces over 35 tablets a day of stuff, so it makes it easy. And then you want to get fish oil. And again, you can eat the fish uh, four servings a week, or there's a product called Vectomega, which is really cool um, because you take one or two tablets a day and it replaces taking uh, 12 to 24 tablets of, of regular fish oil. It's just it's that um, powerful in terms because its absorption is much increased and you don't get those fish oil burps and you save a lot of money. So uh, these are simple ways you can do uh, things you can do to help improve uh, the asthma. Um, but the interesting thing too is there's an acupressure technique, which is very good at eliminating allergies. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, over 12,000 practitioners worldwide. And you can go to a website called uh, www.naeet. So Nambudrapad Allergy Elimination Technique, naet.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find a practitioner near you. And that's, it's the most remarkable thing I've seen for eliminating allergies. Can you explain colitis? What is it? Colitis is an inflammation uh, of the colon. Um, so colon, col, itis, inflammation. And most often uh, what we see is what's called ulcerative colitis. Mm-hmm. And when it affects the small bowel, um, then it's uh, more of a Crohn's disease, although they can overlap a bit. And what you'll see is instead of just spasm, of the bowel, which you see in spastic colon or irritable bowel syndrome. Mm-hmm. In colitis, there's actually inflammation of the lining. And it's considered, you know, when you ask doctors what causes it to get one of these halophino kind of things back, it's, don't know, and here's some medicine for it. Um, but there's many things that trigger inflammation, and it, some of it is genetic. We have found that a significant part of it seems to be infectious. Okay. that if we give the proper anti-infectious agents to knock out parasites, you have to know how to look for them properly, and then get rid of them. Uh, I'll treat food allergies. These things can have a dramatic benefit in terms of settling down the inflammation. And then, as you mentioned before, anybody with colitis, I'm going to give them the Boswellia, uh, and I'll give them the Boscure, uh, that mix of two herbals that has really remarkable anti-inflammatory properties. Uh, effects in, in asthma and colitis. So it's inflammation. Uh, you can distinguish it from the spastic colon because you're likely to have blood in the stool. Wow. Um, what is again, spastic you want to colon? Check uh, spastic colon um, is basically when you have spasm of the large bowel. And the it's funny. It's basically for, for most doctors what it means is, is they have spasm of the colon, and I have no idea why. <laughs> so instead mm-hmm. of saying, I don't know, you have gas-floating diarrhea constipation, I have no idea what you got. Doctors don't like saying that. They say, so we make up a word called irritable bowel syndrome or spastic colon. Mm-hmm. And we shrug our shoulders and go, okay, well, here it is, whatever, deal with it. You know? um, so it's, it, that's all it means is spasm. But if you look at the causes, most people with spastic colon, um, when you treat a couple things, one, underlying candida, like yeast overgrowth, and you can do that naturally, although I will, will add an antifungal to that. Most people find their spastic colon goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if they knock the sugar out of the diet. Um, in fact, half of kids with unexplained abdominal pain mm-hmm. at a recent study at a university center, mm-hmm. they found out that it was being caused by the sugar they're getting in, in their sodas and fruit juices, oh, fructose intolerance. 
and they just took them off the fructose and their abdominal pain. And these are kids who had gone to doctor after doctor. Pain went away. Hmm. So you know, you know, we don't even hear about how sugar affects in the you know, with your regular uh, OBGYN or even if you're going to a family practitioner or you're going to your endocrinologist or you're going to any of, none of these people tell you how these high fructose corn syrups can affect certain parts of the body. Yeah, that's one, they're clueless about it. There's nobody to pay people to educate doctors about this. If a new drug comes out for spastic colon, they will spend $70 million a year. That's what they spend on the average new drug that comes out. Mm. Um, advertising gets uh, half of that to physicians and half of them half to the public, which is called direct-to-consumer. $70 million a year. But if in, in this study where it showed the sugar did it, who's going to pay to get that information out? E- even at the dietetic associations, you know, those are being paid for largely, their conferences, by the big food industry people. They're not going to tell you sugar's killing you. Mm. So your, uh, you know, internist and other people aren't going to tell you, uh, hey, you know, you might want to do something more natural. How can we find practitioners that can uh, help us to do this? I know that uh, you have uh, a great site, uh, you know, vitality101.com, but how do you find doctors who will be able to recognize these types of things? Uh, Sabrina, you really want to go to a holistic practitioner that's well-trained. And two good sources for that. One, uh, there's a website, www.holisticboard.org. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C-B-O-A-R-D.org, not .com, O-R-G. And they have over 1,400 board-certified holistic physicians around the country. Uh, in addition, the American Academy of Naturopathic Physicians So you do a search on American Academy of Naturopathic Physicians, and you'll find they have even more uh, four-year trained holistic naturopaths that really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you go to any of these, you know that they're really going to be well-trained, and you're not going to have a doctor that's going to look at your cross-eyed and write a prescription for whatever the good-looking drug reps happen to be pushing that day. Mm 